we make, um, we like to say, low maintenance but highly rewarding products. So complex formulas but really simple products that really work um, and they're for everyone. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. On today's episode, we sit down with Emily Doyle, co-founder of Ursa Major, a natural skincare company that makes products that actually work, all while reminding us to live major. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Emily, hello. Hi. Thanks thank- so much for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is such a treat. I really appreciate it's it. It's really been awesome to get you here, seeing how busy you are, how many people you're hiring, taking on the world. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. I know this is like twenty episode 20-something, but Emily's been on the list since day one. What? Oh, no yeah. way. You've been pretty tough oh, yeah. to get. Oh, my God, really? I'm yeah. so sorry. I mean, you know. I'm, I we mean, also didn't try that hard. You know so what? I had not- a, yeah. yeah. Right. Our attention sort of went away. I was sort of offline when I had my baby, and so now I'm back, like, fully online so uh, well, that's what, what, part of i maybe just got lost in the shuffle there well i mean selfishly bit. we lit the wood stove a couple weeks ago and <laughs> everybody's skin dried out it's true so, and we're so like, the timing is perfect we're like we need samples quick and holidays coming up holidays coming gifts, up let's get into this thing all right um and also congratulations about your baby oh yeah we'll talk I mean, a little bit about no, about great. parenthood and yes and business ownership double parenthood if you will yes um Let's let's start really basic. What is Ursa Major? Tell us about sort of your mission and your products and, you know, what you guys got going on. Cool. I'd love to. Um, so as you described in the, in the opening, Ursa Major is a natural skincare line. And we make, um, we like to say, low-maintenance but highly rewarding products. So complex formulas but really simple products that really work um, and they're for everyone so they're gender agnostic men and women can use them and um, you know we really like to think of helping people look and feel their best so that they can sort of make the most of every day and get out and do the things they love to do Um, we sort of joke in the office that we think like less time in the bathroom is good. I think a lot of beauty companies and personal care companies are trying to like get you in the bathroom for more time and give you more steps and more routines and more things you need to do. And we kind of have the opposite approach, which is like actually less time in front of the mirror and more right. time doing what you love. So you shouldn't have to manufacture yourself every morning. You really shouldn't. And you know, God, I think it's not the Vermont way. It's not the Vermont way. And I don't think it's the way of the future for anyone. And I think, um, you know, making products that really get the job done and keep it simple for you and make it easy is just such a godsend because we're all so busy. You know, we don't right. want to really so, s- spend hours in there. What, what, no, was no, the, no. what was the spark then to, to start Ursa Major specifically? Because you and, and, and Oliver, your partner, came from the industry, right? This isn't your first rodeo, I think. This is not our first rodeo, correct. So why did you want to get on the horse or the bull again Ooh. here? <laughs> um, God, I think, you know, I think it was a tough decision for us. We met in New York City, and we both did work in the industry. And I think um, Oliver had this sort of pull the ripcord moment of, out of New York where he just said, I'm going to retreat to Vermont for the summer. I need a break. I need a reboot. And he moved up to Vermont. And 
I think halfway through the summer, towards the end of the summer, he said, I'm not coming back. <laughs> and he said, yeah, whoops. Um, and he said, but you should come up too, and we should do something up here. And we had always talked about this idea of really wanting to create this healthy company that really um, had a great culture where people love to work there that was really stepping away from all the kind of baloney that happens in the sort of Madison Avenue beauty companies. Um, and we just sort of had this little kind of bee in our bonnet over this. And when he said, you should move up here, maybe we should start a business up here, we kept coming back to this idea around Ursa Major, which was healthy products for everyone that are simple, like a pleasure to use, that are you know beautiful formulas that smell great, that look great in your bathroom, um, and that are truly healthy. Because I think when we started this company, God, I don't even want to say how long ago, eight years ago, um, we it was really hard to find natural products that right. that were truly natural, like truly healthy, that didn't have sort of hidden stuff in them. And right. weren't the dis- labeling laws hadn't really been established yeah, yet. Yeah, and, 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 and they're still not great, Dave. They're still not great. I mean, even now you can say all sorts of things, and it, you know, it's very gray. So you have to be, um, you have to find companies in this category that you truly trust because there's a lot of baloney still going on out there. But we felt like, God, why aren't these products easier to find? And there must be more people like us that want just these healthy, beautiful products that, that work and that smell great and that the texture's good. So we, I moved up in that fall, and we just started to kind of incubate this idea and do a ton of research and start to look for um, people that could help us sort of bring the products to life. And so it was just, I mean, it wasn't accidental. It was very much like a planned business that we started, but I don't think I had any idea of how hard it would be and the amount of work it would take to sort of the lift it would take to get this thing going. Right. Yeah. And I remember (laughs) meeting you in those sort of early days and, you know, I certainly had no idea about sort of the garbage that was in my skincare products. And I remember one of those early conversations, you sort of telling me about what it meant to you guys and and why this was so important to you. And it was like pretty mind blowing. Um, but I wanted to just backtrack a little bit. Is is this your first entrepreneurial endeavor, or have you sort of done it before? No, this is definitely my first entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, <laughs> before this, I was working um, for you know bigger kind of beauty companies in New York City, um, you know, an Estee Lauder brand. I mean, sort of really in the machine. And um, Oliver, however, had started a company before this in New York City, so he really had that you know experience of doing this on his own once before and really sort of navigating that entrepreneurial startup world. So he definitely came to the table with a lot of insight and a lot of... Uh, and scars. And, uh, and a and lot little, of scars uh, and, you know... PTSD a, moments of A book of, of, of like and, yeah. learnings, you know, what not to do next time. So that has been incredibly helpful. Gosh, and you still talked yourself into doing it, huh? Coming to Vermont and uh, totally. getting a go. Oh, my God, yes. What was the, what was the unexpected hurdles you have oh my like God. you know anything to pop to mind here we have tissues too on the shelf behind you and it's <laughs> okay. a, a safe zone here <laughs> um, yeah, no I mean there have been so many hurdles I mean generally big picture it's been amazing and we are um, we're doing really well and we have this amazing robust business and to your point we're hiring people we have this great team in Waterbury but it has been It was harder than I expected to just get it going. And every day I'm like, wow, this is so much work. And you guys know as entrepreneurs, it's your life. It's, 
you think about it all the time. You live it, you breathe it, you're eating dinner, you're thinking about it, you're dreaming about it. I mean, it just, it's so consuming. So um, I didn't expect that part of it. Um, oh, consuming it aspect. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't sort of, I just didn't know. Um, I think the biggest challenge that I didn't foresee in the very beginning was literally making beautiful products. Because we knew what we wanted and we knew what beautiful sort of premium awesome products looked and felt like but doing those in a way that was all natural was way harder than we expected. So the expected. formulations, oh the sourcing gosh. of materials. Totally, yes. Yeah, you think We're that like, oh, chewed up a, a couple reason. years trying to figure that out? It chewed up several years and we, you know, we suddenly had this realization of like, oh, this is why we can't find what we love because it's super hard to make. <laughs> so like, right. how are we going to get this done? But I have to give it to Oliver too because he's just so he's so positive, enthusiastic and he won't give up. So he's like, we are, we're going to, we're going to get there. We are going to make it happen. We are going to make this the best natural face wash anyone's ever tried. And we just have to keep trying and keep working it over and working it over. And some of our formulas took two or three or four years to actually. I, I used to sample the stuff early days. It was great. <laughs> I actually brought some of their, their face tonic maybe to Tunisia. I think I went to North Africa a few years ago for oh a gosh. volunteer. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to this desert. I could try. <laughs> Needed. It worked out great. Yeah. I did. No problems for me. So. so one of the things I think that stands out about your company is just the branding. It's incredible. And um, it's super important, especially in a space that can be pretty crowded. You know, natural skincare is getting to be um, more popular. Why do you think the Ursa Major brand sort of resonates with your customers? And can you talk a little bit about how you've built that? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um Thank you. That's a, that's a super nice compliment. I think the category and sort of natural skincare and hair care has become so much more competitive since we launched. Um, I think the cool thing is we've always stayed super true to our vision and sort of our core belief around this company from day one. So we look back at the really early PowerPoints and stuff we did when we were literally just conceiving this brand, and it's literally the same. It's the same things we say today, and I think that really comes through in the brand. You guys picked your North Star. We right? did. I mean, we, quite literally, we, right? In the name literally. of the company and, and Absolutely. stay true to it, right? And that's part of, you know, we're actually launching a new website in, in um, 2019, and that's part of the messaging, which is sort of this idea around True North, and that is so important to us. And, you know, that's where the name comes from, Ursa Major, of course. But I think... Um, I think because we're a husband-wife team, we're actually not because we're not married, but because we're sort of like a husband-wife team and we came together to start this company together, I think we have this unique perspective in terms of keeping it real but wanting it to be elevated and making sure that Oliver loves it but I love it too and like sort of always coming to that place because I do think that it feels like Men and women can both use it. It's not super fancy, but it's still, it's really nice, but it's not crazy luxury. I can't afford it. So right. having, like coming to that place that is a little unconventional, if you look at the beauty world totally. and what other brands do. It's and approachable. Yeah, we really wanted it to be approachable and down to earth and truly for everyone. And I think that that really comes through. Um, and I do think it sets us apart. And even the way the packaging looks and feels, I think... It feels like something different on the shelf, um, and I, I, I really, 
we get that feedback from our customers, and it's such a nice compliment to hear that when they're like, "This, you guys just, you guys are doing it different, and this just feels like me. This, well, you guys, you know, you, you're, you're my brand. You get me totally. And I, I think you guys are. I, you're so forward thinking, and it really comes across when you go to the store and try to purchase your products, and that some of the shaving stuff is in this sort of weird men's section, and then the face wash is sort of in the face wash section, and it's like your your products are split up, but I think that's actually a good thing, because it's a testament to, um, you know, this new sort of wave of these sort of gender-neutral products that anyone can use, and I I remember looking around being like, where's there's a major face wash and I had to like go to a couple of spots to find it. But I was like, this is awesome because you really are like pioneering this kind of new category. It's tricky because in most sort of, we don't work with department stores really, but in most sort of beauty stores or bigger stores, um, or even the store around the corner, most people think of this category as beauty or grooming, mm-hmm. which for us, we feel is a super old school way of thinking about this. And, um, it's kind of what, it's how the industry was born. So men were giving shave, given shaving products and women were given products to be more beautiful. And I just think the industry has clung on to that because the big guys have built their fortunes on that concept. And their whole channels and distribution and everything, everything is, is, is locked into that. Everything's so. locked into that. So when we come along and we say, actually, we don't fit in either category, it's either a blessing or a curse because people don't really – they love us, but they don't know what to do with us. Right, the disruptor. I was going to ask you about it because eight <laughs> years ago, the, the direct-to-consumer sort of internet piece was just early days or really not evolved yep. for luxury goods or, or certain subscription-type services. So um, – did you know that was going to happen, or did it kind of did luck kind of come your way a little bit? Uh. Gosh, I think we've been learning as we go. Um, I Oliver is much more forward thinking on this front than I am. I mean, he was saying before we even moved up here, we should do direct to consumer and cut out the middleman, and just you know, he was talking about these models that exist today that didn't really exist back then, and I thought he was nuts. I'm like, we can't do that. That's insane, you know. So, um, but I think we've just learned along the way, and we've tried to stay, you know. I don't even want to say ahead of it, but at least with it, you know, with riding it, right. that wave and staying with it and making sure we're kind of paying attention and listening and really getting a lot of, of the feedback from our customers. Um, we have a really, I think we have a great connection to our customers through our website and we, we have a pretty robust website in terms of just that direct sale and that direct communication. So I think just paying attention and listening and kind of keeping our finger on the pulse of what's going on and what competitors are doing. And sometimes that's a, Sometimes we look at competitors and say, that's really cool that everyone's doing that. Let's make sure we never do that. Right, right. right. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. In. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, again, sales and distribution and sort of, you know, where you, where you end up today versus where you thought you would be? Oh, my gosh. Some of those, those trends because I think, you know, Amazon's out there. You've got that whole dynamic. Oh gosh, yes. You've got the, obviously the margin benefit is selling and the relationship with your customer direct-to-consumer, like, I, you know, we, we get a lot of folks coming through here and, and they're looking for some guidance and the, the, yes. the great unknown. And I'd just be curious how you evolved and what you think is the, the sort of smart move in, in today's world for bringing a product out. Yeah, it's such a good question. I think it's it's really tricky to navigate. I think we really like this idea of omni-channel, so being able to speak directly to our customer through our website, and those are truly our most loyal customers, Um we also work with Amazon, so we we sell through Amazon, not to Amazon, so you can find our products on Amazon and do Prime and get them next day, which is cool, and a lot of people love that option. 
And then we have our wholesale distribution. So we sell to stores like Commandeer and, you know, places right here in Healthy Living and places right here in Burlington. Um, And that's an amazing discovery for us. So customers go in and they've said, oh, I I feel like I've seen this brand before or I've heard about this, but I haven't really picked it up and touched it and smelled it. And I think for our kind of products, so products that you do, you know, pick up and put on your skin and smell and use in an intimate setting – a lot of people do want that physical connection before they buy it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll replenish online. So we do like this idea of omni-channel and kind of being able to hit the customer, kind of meet the customer where they are and uh, make it easy for them to replenish, whether that's directly through us or at their neighborhood store or on Amazon. Um, you know, I think the direct models that we're seeing a lot of um, where, the, where there is no distribution sort of in-store, I think that was like a big trend five years ago. And I think a lot of people are realizing now that it's really hard to uh, afford that customer acquisition. There's just right. so much noise on social media and on Facebook and buying ad space on Google. And it, it's become so expensive to try to be the brand that sticks out in that environment. So I think a lot of people really seized on that opportunity, but I think it's a lot harder to kind of go that way today um, in most categories. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it- Again, people are trying to diversify their channels, so they're not wedded to a captive sales force or a pure wholesale program. And you know whether the product mix is 60% direct to consumer, 40% other. I think it people are sorting it out, and it doesn't matter if you're selling snowboards or uh, wellness products. Um, it's 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 kind of dialing itself out. I mean, and, it's and, true, and I think having that to your point, like having a bit of diversity there and sort of seeing what's really working in one area and kind of trying to translate that maybe to a, to the other area, like, ooh, this this message is really working or this we're really getting a lot of feedback, you know, on, on this product and maybe mm-hmm. we need to go into the field and ask those questions too. And so I do think they all sort of play into each other and it helps for like a healthy mix. So from an outsider's perspective, it looks to us like, you know, for the last eight years, you guys have just been growing and things have been going amazing no problems. and no problems. all that Smooth kind of thing. Yeah, sailing. exactly. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm sure that's not the case on the inside. You know, are there any sort of big uh-ohs or whoa, didn't see that coming that you could maybe share with us that might, you know, help the next entrepreneur right behind you? Yeah, totally. I mean, we definitely have, luckily we've, you know, we've made some generally really good decisions and we're still here and um, we're growing, um, you know, we're hitting our plans and growing and, and launching new products. So it generally it's smooth sailing, knock on wood, and it's awesome, but there are absolute moments of high anxiety and stress. And, um, you know, I think for us, probably the biggest one for us that sort of keeps me up at night is the competitive landscape because I just feel like every day I'm on Instagram or I'm on I'm somewhere or someone's emailing me here saying, in Vermont, there's hey, some really awesome seen, yeah. companies. I mean, have you seen this whole... cool new brand? I'm like, oh my God, another cool new brand. Oh no. <laughs> you know, right. so staying ahead of that. And I think to me, like the lesson there is stay true to who you are. So, and I think we always come back to like, don't get distracted by that. And there's enough, actually, there's enough to go around. There's lots of faces to wash around the world. So we, you know, we're not going to run out of customers and we shouldn't there's let about that. about 80 faces today right here in this building. <laughs> exactly. And so. I think it's funny. I feel like skincare products especially are one of those things where people get pissed if you change them because they have been buying it every, you know, consistently for the last eight years maybe and so like it it is a fine line between being innovative and on the cutting edge but like 
keeping your regular customers happy. Oh, the customer knows. I mean, you can change the slightest thing in a formula and the customer, your loyal customer will say, uh, we haven't, we haven't changed our formulas, but in my previous life in the beauty industry, the customer will come and say, this smells slightly different or this texture is slightly different. And you're like, God, you sourced some oil from a different Totally. And they, the location. customer, those loyal customers pick yeah. it up in one second. So that, that came through in the beeswax. Remember we, yeah, uh, yep. we had a, Sarah and right talking yeah, about they're just saying the customer oh my knows gosh. if something's tweaked a yeah, little bit. They, they literally the sourcing of certain bee honey was oh my God, really that's crazy. important. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so working with your partner, not husband, long time <laughs> category. Um, did you recommend that for other people? <laughs> I actually we are so lucky. I, so many people say to, I mean he's my best friend and we are each other's biggest supporters and biggest cheerleaders and sort of best business partner. I mean, what could be better in a business partner, right? The person you trust most in your life and the person that wants you to succeed more than anyone. I mean, it's incredible. However, we have had so many people say to us, I don't know how you do it. Like, how do you do that? Oh my God, I would kill my husband or I would kill my wife. So I don't know if I... I would recommend it because for us it's been amazing. And have we had a few tense moments? Of course. Um, one night I did throw like a tangerine at Oliver. <laughs> that was sort of my breaking point. But it seems pretty small. That was about as bad as it ever got. No, it was just a fresh tangerine. But so, you know, there's been moments of sort of like, oh my God, this, I'm going bananas. But generally for us it's been incredible. But I don't know. I think you just have to have a certain dynamic with your partner and that's kind of respect and make sure that you're both. Yeah, you the, also have really clear roles. Because the alternative is you just come together in, in a short period of time to start a company. And you may not have known one another in good and bad and different sort of decision totally. inflection points yeah. along the journey. Yeah. And we're I so mean, committed, right? Think about how right. committed we are. It's right. ridiculous. Like we are not only committed, but then we're committed and then we're committed to the business. We're committed to each other. We're commi I mean, so it's sort of like... We have to make this work, yeah, which is a great thing. A lot of the <laughs> yeah, you need the grit, right? To, yeah, to, to we have like a lot of the characteristics that make a great partner, husband or wife, would also make a great business partner. You yes. know, it's like yes. a lot of those things that you mentioned. You Although just have we do to have to tell people to keep the small fruit out of the office. <laughs> the, the whole step away from factor. the fruit bowl, yeah, yeah, and, step yeah. away or keep it to grapes or something. Yeah, something blueberries really, like, would be better. Okay. But, um, Tangerine, <laughs> meh. So. Um, yeah. It's not, not for everybody. No, please go. Um, you had a baby along the way. Yeah. How did? Awesome. Awesome. Total cutie. Super awesome. Um, how did that change sort of the whole business dynamic, right? Because we we had the Kimmiches in here early on, which yes, you know, Jen's like, we're about to open, and oh by the way, I became pregnant. And oh we, my gosh, and I it's a lot. John and I just sort of passed a baby on uh, to one another for the next few years. So how is that? Like just impacted roles and oh and my gosh, yeah, it's added a, to the the whole journey here. Major game changer. I think we always had that on our sort of horizon of like, oh, we should do that. Like we should we should have a baby, we should have a family. That would be so cool. But oh my god, we're so busy. We're so busy. And Ursa Major, Ursa Major. Oh gosh, like there's so much to do, and we don't have time, and we're traveling. So we kept kind of kicking it down the road a bit, and then I think we got to the point where we were like, we can't kick yeah, it. Product launch anymore. next year. We need, <laughs> we, we need to do this because um, we're not we're not uh, getting any younger. So total game changer. Definitely created some stress in terms of the business because we are both so hands-on and both so in it. And so to have me have to step away for, you know, the 
that period of time right when I had her and be home and I kind of working from home kind of and trying to take care of the baby and um, there were moments of trying to find that balance where I just felt really stressed out and like I couldn't do it but you know you just you just find a way and you you get help you ask for help and you find great resources and you do work from home and you get someone to sort of come in while you're doing that call and um, we just I think that is the beauty of having a small business and and slash your own business is that you can be super flexible and still make it all work right. and that's a, that's a real blessing honestly and I think about women that do have a baby and they have to be back at work in a month or two and I I really it to me it's I don't know how you do it I mean people do it every day and it's mom working moms are amazing and another mom at our office she says some days I come in and I feel like I just should get a standing ovation just for just for getting <laughs> just for getting here and I'm like I totally Seriously. get it that is it's such a funny visual but that's sometimes how you feel when you walk through the door at work you're like I've already been up for five hours and and I'm here that right. in itself is an accomplishment so it's tough working moms rock it's 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 they crazy. so do. We got a lot of them at VSET, and it's always mind-blowing. I'm like, I always remind myself, all I have to do is get myself here. Like, that's literally <laughs> all I have to do in the morning. And They're our favorite startups is when uh, company founders and their employees uh, have kids, and we have little VSET onesies with dinosaurs on them. Oh, my God, amazing. Yeah, they're pretty great. Amazing, okay. It's pretty, we'll yeah, talk I'm later. I'm trying to think how, yeah. how, how old? <laughs> she's almost two. Almost two. She's a, tall, she's a tall two. All right, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, talk about your team. So how many people do you employ today? Oh my gosh, we have the most amazing team. I think we have 14 now, which is hard to believe. Wow. We're down in Waterbury, which we absolutely love. Um, we've held on to most people, which is really super satisfying. It's one of the things Oliver and I really wanted to do as a business was to create a place where people love to come to work every day. And, you know, maybe not every single day, but generally love their jobs, love to come to no work. No one likes it on a powder and, day, yeah. so let's just get that. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, we do have epic days, though, so you can call in that morning and say, epic day, I'm going to the mountain. So Interesting. Yes. No icon days? Isn't that the Sugarbush Pass icon? icon day? I don't know. Oh. I think that's... Is that what it's called? Yeah. We call them epic days. But you can take them in the summer. Like, if you're not a skier, you Oh, can it's take... not related to the epic ski pass. No, it's just oh, related to, like, an, okay. this is an epic day, and I'm not coming to work. Oh, Sorry. I love that. Yeah, so oh, I was kind thinking of cool. epic ski pass, too. Yeah, I forgot okay. now they call that but an that epic But that kind of works, too. Yeah, that kind of works, too. Yeah. So... So that's been great. And, and there, were there folks from uh, seventh generation or from other product companies? Or they move here? How did you find your team? I mean, mainly we found our team. We have just sort of collected these amazing people over time. I mean, our first hire, our first two hires were straight out of UVM in Champlain, um, and one of them is still with us, which is incredible, and she's amazing. And you know, we've slowly just brought these people in, and I think for us, we we think about sort of personality and willingness and drive and sort of cultural fit before we really worry about skill set. Um, there's certain jobs where you really need the expert, um, and of course we, we look in, for and hire those people, but there's a lot of other jobs where it's just like this person's awesome and hardworking and they want to be here and they're super excited to make a difference, so let's get them in here and we will... Yep, yeah, exactly. We'll figure out what they're going to do and where they're going to kind of make a home and what they're going to excel at, and then we'll give them more of that to do. So that's been really cool. I think that's 
that's so important in terms of workforce development here in Vermont. There's a lot of talk around that, like finding people that are qualified. And I get that. But at the same time, like you need to be willing to train people. Like if you find totally. it's so much easier to train someone on a certain task than it is to get a personality that, you know, fits with the rest of your team or, or whatever. So I think I really admire companies that kind of first and foremost want someone who's smart and eager and a good cultural fit. Bingo. Yeah, that's exactly the way we think about it. Yeah, cause those folks seem to last, and they want it. And yeah, they want to be there. You know, when you, I mean, no one sells like a founder. No one has ownership in it. And try to that that cultural element of why yeah. we're we doing it, and the authenticity, and around the brand, and the products you know, really matter. You mentioned that, but we so everyone that works for us is also. Um, has sort of equity in the business. So everyone's a stakeholder oh, in our business, yes. which is nice. So hopefully people, even though they might not have quite as much crazy passion as a founder, you know, they are truly invested oh, that's great. In, in the company, which is great. That, that's great. Yeah, it's um, cool. The, uh, like, I always try to think, like, back to maybe not the <laughs> first days, but early on, like, you know, one or two pieces of specific advice for the entrepreneur. She's sitting right through that window. Ooh. Okay, like, what should she pay attention to, or really focus on to get right, so you don't have to recover or let go. Maybe. Or let go of. Yes, yeah, seriously, right? Yeah, a grip. that's a good point. Hmm, really hard question. I think my my gut instinct on that answer is sort of make sure, make sure you are really invested and love whatever idea it is that you're starting. Like, I don't care if it's the best business idea on the planet. If you are not, like, 3,000% excited about it, please don't do it because the it's so hard. So you have to just be so in love and so passionate and so excited to do this every day that you, like, can't wait to do it. And I think if, if you're not feeling that, you should definitely like, just do, like, a little gut check on that one because it's Stop, a long don't road. don't pass go, yeah. Don't pass go. Um, I think um, so. I think that passion is just a no-brainer, and probably what most entrepreneurs would say as a kind of step one. Um, you know, I do think there has to be a business case. I mean, you can have a cool idea, but if you don't really understand how you're going to make that into a business, obviously that's a tough road because because you do work so hard and you're putting so many hours in. So if it's not like a clear roadmap to, I can see I'm going to get here. You know, year one, year two, year three, and even if you're even if your milestones aren't reached or you go in a different direction, I think that business case has to be there. Um, right. No, no margin, no mission, right? Yeah, Ultimately. you just have to, like, if you don't know, what's the expression, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So you kind of, you also have to kind of know where you're going or where you, at least where you think you want to go so that you can start kind of plotting that path and you're not kind of running in circles. Because that's easy to do right. when you're starting a business, and that can be really frustrating. Yeah, the vision. <laughs> Keep that vision. <laughs> yes. Has it gotten easier, or as you've progressed, does it do, do just new problems show up? Like I think it's gotten easier. I mean, I think in the beginning, when you're in it, you can't see it. But I look back, and I think, oh, my God. Like, wow, we've learned so much. We've come a long way. Um, our product line, and we, we don't, our product line is basically... Um, we have a lot of almost bestsellers. I mean, we don't have any duds. It's, so we've we've really come a long way in terms of development and thinking about the products and the brand and just having more and more great people on the team to like help move things forward and sort of 
be there when things go sideways. So I, for me, I think it's hard and it, it, it's hard. I wouldn't say it's gotten easier. It's just a different kind different of, kind it's of. a different kind of hard, but it, it feels like we've come over a few serious hurdles that it's like, okay, like we're, we are doing this and we are moving forward and this is all happening and it's good. I don't feel like anymore that I'm sort of climbing up this rock face and it's looming over me and I'm like, oh my God, at any moment I might fall off. You know, now I feel like I'm sort of on solid ground. Um, even though we, of course, we have a long way to go still. That's awesome. Yeah. And, And what's next? Any sort of big sort of picture ideas or Gosh. changes or new um, customers? What's next? I mean, I think, so I mentioned that we're launching a new website next year, and for us, that's a big deal. It's it's overdue, and it's going to be awesome. With that comes sort of new imagery, and our, our packaging is going to change a teeny bit, and I think it's all going to, this is all based on customer insights and really talking to our core customer and really understanding, you know, what they're all about and what they love and why they love Ursa Major and sort of just doing more of that. So I think... Really, it's it's a more sort of concise and clear example of, of who we are. So I think I think seeing that all come to life next year is going to be super exciting. It's going to be a big year for us. And then, you know, we have more people to hire, and we're launching new products. So we just launched Shampoo and Conditioner Shampoo, last congrats week. on that. I know, I, I'm I super saw the psyched. products this morning. Yeah. yeah. Dave actually this morning was on your website and went, oh, my God, they have shampoo. Shampoo. <laughs> yeah. Genuine we just, we just launched it. I, you know, people don't get excited about shampoo as much as, uh, But you know. to your point, I wanted to smell it. What's it smell like? It smells really good. Yeah. I'll send you some. Well, I didn't bring some today, but I'll send you some. It's, it's uh, thank you. Um, but that, to your point, too, about being you able to go down and like yeah, the, the supermarket like touch and, it and smell yeah. it and feel it absolutely you got to do that stuff right yeah yeah um i just want to ask a little bit about vermont so how has it been to sort of grow your business here choosing vermont and you know what is the sort of innovation entrepreneurship ecosystem feel like to you and and maybe where can we improve yeah so um really interesting question i think Given that this is my first entrepreneurial endeavor, and hopefully my last, because um, hopefully <laughs> it's just wildly successful and I can do it forever, but um, you know, I don't have any benchmark or any example of what it would be like elsewhere, but for us, Vermont has been this really nurturing, balanced place to live and work as hard as we work. To have the balance and the lifestyle of Vermont is just huge, um, and and the fact that Pretty much most people that are up here really value that. So, you know, we value the, the ability to get outside and to keep exercising and to get fresh air and to sort of see friends on weekends and have, try to have that balance in our lives. And our, our, the people that work with us, similarly, like, that's important to them. That's partly why they chose to live here and not move to New York City or, or elsewhere. So um, it's hard to compare it to anywhere else, but we've you know, we love it up here. It's just this amazing, amazing place to live and work. And it's such a sort of nurturing, fun environment to be in every day. Um, I will say there are times when we feel like, oh gosh, we're really, we're up in Vermont and we're kind of missing out on what's truly happening. Sort of things move so fast. I mean, we both came from New York City, right? So things move so fast in the city. There's always some cool new thing happening. You're, You're meeting people Everywhere you go, you're seeing people at breakfast, you're seeing people at dinner, you're seeing people on the corner, you're connecting all the dots, you're getting so much out there. So there are moments when we think, oh my gosh, we're kind of off the radar. 
But I think the benefit of that is that we're so focused and we're not getting distracted by all that noise and all that newness because really what we're doing is right and we're like on the we're on the path. So I think in that way it's a real kind of benefit and, and value. Totally. Yeah. Choosing when to tune in and tune out. You wouldn't exactly. have an epic day in New York City. You wouldn't. You no, totally wouldn't. No, who would call that? Yeah. Um, that would not exist. Hey, we have to wrap wrap here, Sam. So no. Yeah, I know. I'm, well, actually, I'm, I'm feeling a little dry. I need to reapply some awesome product. <laughs> Yeah. Would you ask the last question, please? Oh, yeah. No, it'd be my pleasure. Um, so, Emily, you've had some time to think, but no pressure. Magic wand time. If you could change one thing about Vermont today instantly, what would it be? It's such a hard question. I should have been prepared for this question. Um, if I could change one thing about Vermont instantly, I think it would be... One of the things that I really notice up here that's super different to my life in New York City is that I have to get in the car to go to do anything. Yeah. And it's such a bummer because I was I love to be outside and to walk. And it's so funny to think that you move to a place where you want to be outside all the time and you end up in your car. So if I could like instantly change something, I would have some magical way in Vermont to sort of get from A to B without always driving on bumpy dirt roads for 40 minutes. Yeah, like you have the alternative instead of driving 20 miles, you could maybe walk one, but it would still get you there. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm That's with not you really. That. That's like serious magic wand stuff. Or the drones will be bringing it to you. So, right. That'll <laughs> See, be that's why it's magic wand. You know? that's yeah, a that's one. a true That's a true magic right. wand one. Well, that's really not. Living a dirt feasible. road, right? I do. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The so a little bit of opt in there. Yeah, right? <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you, Emily. Yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, so fun to chat with you. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs, a series made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Follow us on Twitter at VSET, that's V-C-E-T. Thanks for listening, and let's go shovel some snow.